Start your computations for time warp. Bones, you come with me. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Diner on GGR Pirate Radio. guys we are back for another awesome episode of ggr pirate radio we're gonna go to a format that we haven't done in a little bit and that's gonna be the diner where we sit around roundtable discussion style and we just talk about some nerdy geeky things the kind of things that you would talk about with your friends at a diner uh joining me for this episode of the diner i have of course co-host of ggr pirate radio his name is steve monick still waiting on my grand slam and milkshake (laughs) <laughs> I've also got our newest contributor uh, to GGR, Pirate Radio. I'm pretty much going to dub her uh, the queen of all things social media for GGR. Uh, her name is TK Walker. <laughs> Hi, guys. We've also got courtesy of Fantastic Forum, uh, which you can check out at fantasticforum.tv. Uh, it is a TV show. It is a radio show. It is a podcast. All of those wonderful things. And not only that, he's a super nice guy, too. His name is Ulysses E. Campbell. And it's a podcast thanks to the Great Geek Refuge. Thank you so much, uh, Mike, Steve, and TK. Of course, of course. We're glad to have you aboard. Speaking of aboard, almost like aboard the Starship Enterprise, where there's all sorts Mm -hmm. of wonderful gadgetry and amazing scientific technology that helps enhance the lives of the human beings and various other alien races that are aboard the Enterprise. We talked about this last week. It was MC, it was Steve, it was I. We talked about some scientific technology that we would want to have access to and how it may enhance our life, but also how fucking scary it might be. And I was going to start us off, in case you guys didn't get a chance to think of one, it'll give you a chance. I talked about how I wanted to have the holodeck in existence. And the reason why I wanted to have the holodeck in existence is because I wanted to create it and then I wanted to uh, have Donald Trump fall asleep and then uh, put him in a holodeck where he can just fuck up the holodeck world and out here in the real (laughs) world we would fix everything that he screwed up. And he would never know the difference because he's an idiot. And he would just stay in his little holographic world and we would never have to worry about him ever again. We just have to make sure the thing is like it's plugged in and it's got like a battery yeah, backup. There's in enough, case the and there's enough memory for exactly. to keep him going. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. As he as he creates some sort of hellish landscape that he wants to exist in. Um, but I actually I created my own nightmare scenario for this. Because if we have the ability to trap and capture and put Donald Trump in one of these things, who's to say that any of us couldn't have the exact same thing happen to us? But then, once we get out, who's keeping them there? Are we just are we just going to play it like, if they figure it out, like, they'll walk out and we'll be like, ah, you figured it out, good for you. All right, go back to fucking up the world, Trump. Like, is that how it's going to play out? Or are we going to be more holding this down and like willing to beat the dude down and keep him in there? Or are we going to make sure that the door's locked and like, how are we going to turn off the computer arch app option so that he can't even figure it out? Like those are the things that, that kind of, that would be kind of the uh, dystopian aspect of this. And that was a great quote that I got from um, escape velocity. I was in a panel. um, It was all about 
uh, female science fiction writers. It was a great panel. And one of the things that one of the writers said, and it really stuck with me, she goes, you know, for every utopia, for some part of the civilization, another part of the civilization, it's a dystopia. And I was like, what? And it just like blew my mind as I like got up and like had to walk away. Cause I was like, I can't even handle more words. Like, I, wow. That was, you're scooping your brains up off the floor. Exactly. Yeah, dude. Like that was cause like there's a line. I don't know how many of you guys have watched the handmaid's tale on Hulu, but there's a line in the handmaid's tale where basically there's a, um, militaristic, um, ultra religious, uh, faction that's taken over the United States and they call it uh, Gilead. And they're, like, super, super, super conservative. They're just absolutely nuts. And one of the guys that's, a like, a member of their military is an African-American guy. And one of the resistance basically calls this dude out. And he's like, you're a sellout. I can't believe you're working for this horrible organization. And this guy goes, you know, before this, when, you know, America was this quote-unquote great place, I was homeless. They cut my job. My job was, was shipped somewhere else. Um, I was struggling to make ends meet. My family was starving to death. He's like, now I have a job. I have a place to live. My family is taken care of. So is it really that bad? And I was like, damn, dude, he just turned this. He just showed that for every dystopian portion of the society, there's a utopian portion of it, too. There's a part where somebody actually gets to live a decent life because of it. And it's yes, it's horrifying the things that are being done. But at the same time, it just gives you that perspective that there there are two sides to every coin. Mm hmm. Um, I, I want to give Steve the chance to go here because, uh, Yuli TK, we kind of sprung this on you. So I wanted to give you guys the opportunity to think, um, before you came up with your scientific technology. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't need any opportunity to think, but this I is... love listening to Steve. So. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, my man, what you, what you got for us, dude? Yeah. My, my like gut reaction when we first started talking about this was the replicator, um, and mostly because a in college, I spent a lot of time like with my uh, men's leadership group, like fundraising for hunger aid and stuff like that. So it's something that's kind of important to me. Um, but I feel like it that technology in and of itself, and then we'll get into some of the issues with it. But just that would solve so many problems because when you think about a lot of problems that we have in society. Um, especially outside the boundaries of this country are we don't have the resources that we need or the resources aren't allocated um, correctly or efficiently or fairly. Um, so, I mean, you think about there's countries that literally have wars over water and we just, you know, dump stuff, you know, and, and, and a replicator would be able to magically solve that problem. And that's the magical part is that it obviously they don't get into the science too much behind the replicator like where is the matter coming from and then i kind of had the joke like i are they just recycling the, their own waste or like where is the physical matter coming from that's making these like earl gray teas and sandwiches and all this stuff that's getting spit out of the replicator and then also are we limited to just food and consumable based products um what else can we make because i mean a 3d printer is kind of like the bare bones basic version of a replicator. You stick in a hunk of something and then you, the computer makes something else come out of it. As long as you have the, the information input to it. Um, so I, I think it would alleviate a lot of problems with this magic box that could just give people food and clothing and resources that they need. And then a lot more would be you know done on the philosophical level of us having 
moral discussions and and you know you don't have to worry about homeless people fighting each other because you know that everyone has food now but the the logistics behind it of like where is this stuff physically coming from and what would we need to do or give up or what sort of infrastructure would we need to build to make it happen and if we're completely reliant on the replicators and something goes wrong we are so beyond screwed it's not even funny you know i wanted to speak to that real quick steve one of the things you mentioned is like is it only food um star trek discovery goes into this and you actually see that they replicate other things like when a, a crew member comes on board and they need a uniform uh essentially the replicator it's a different version of it creates a uniform so the uniforms are not like it's not like there's you know one busy tailor working on the <laughs> ship making uniforms for everybody like it those are replicated as well and um how many arms does this thing have this is gonna take an extra night <laughs> exactly i'm gonna i'm gonna need a couple extra hours for this thing I just I wonder in Star Trek in the Star Trek world and like is there one thing that they haven't figured out a way to like replicate in technology like um, I'm trying to think of something like mundane like silverware I don't know let's just say that so like you still like for whatever reason the replicator just can't seem to get a spoon correct so like you have to go and get silverware or plasticware in order to do it like there's there's just no way to get it right or straws or like. I don't know, a peanut butter sandwich. It just doesn't taste right. Like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, it's replicated food, but does it actually taste like the stuff? Or have they been without the real thing for so long, because it's now the 23rd or 24th century, that they don't even know what a marshmallow tastes like anymore? Well, and how have they not done an episode, like, or maybe they have. I mean, you guys have your data banks that you would know. But, like, how have they not done an episode where, like, hey, hey this guy needs surgery in Oregon and then they get into the philosophical debate of like should we replicate human beings and then they get into that hole because they did the episode where they put like data on trial of whether or not he's a human yeah. so I mean I feel like that's kind of a logical tangent with this insane technology that you have or just put a pile of matter into a thing and then you can have anything else you want come out on the other end it's a magic box of goodness well they did the same thing with um, so data was so smart that he could solve any Sherlock Holmes problem that was presented to him in the holodeck. So what they did was is they created a Moriarty that could that could hang with data, basically. And the Moriarty was so smart that he figured out that he was a program on a spaceship traveling through time. Or not traveling through time, traveling through space, and he was in the 24th century, not in 18th century England. So, like, it was... It was very interesting because does that mean that he's sentient? Does that mean that he's alive? Is he a living being now because he knows that he exists and that he's not? Yeah, because he's gone beyond his programming. So that that opens a lot, a lot uh, opens up a lot of philosophical questions too, of what is life and what isn't life. Um, it was the same thing with the Doctor on Star Trek Voyager. Yeah, he was a originally designed to be just like an emergency medical hologram, but they had to keep him on all the time because the real doctor was killed in battle. So it, yeah, it's, there, there's so many things that just, it, it I mean, like, like uh, Charles Hildebrandt said, like the, the, the ramifications of legality when you get into science fiction inventions is just like, it, it just, ba it's baffling to even like start to try to even think of what we will have to come up with legally in the future to combat these or to make sure that nothing horrible happens. Cause like that was Picard's big thing when he was defending data was like, do you, you just want an army of these things? You know, that, that sounds like slavery to me. And, and we fought a lot of wars on, on earth about this. 
And that's not something that we ever want to go back to. And you know that like, okay, so we have these replicators and we have laid out the laws like you can you these are the list of permissible items that can be replicated that we have like through, um, you know, scientific discovery and through, you know, discussion and, and morality, we've decided these are the things that are acceptable to replicate. You know, there's people that are going to ignore that and, and, and like pet cemetery it and stick their dead kid in there or something and try and bring them back to life or like there's gonna be people that do break whatever laws or regulations around the the replicator uh and royally screw things up in probably unforeseeable ways well one of the things that they have established on star trek is that there are some things that can't can't be replicated i mean you can Simple uh, molecules uh, you, you can replicate. Stuff that's more complex, uh, you know, maybe not. I mean, and in fact, um, that's why uh, stuff like organs and, you know, I mean, I gather they can't, they can't exactly do that. I mean, you know, some types of uh, medicines or, uh, you know, stuff that, you know, might be too complex. You know, the, the, the technology has limits. Uh, so, um well, I mean, they, such as this. And they even talk about it, too, where, like, because the replicators essentially are consuming matter to do this and energy to do this, that a lot of times that they, they talk a lot about it in Voyager, but they have to stop off on planets and get, like, produce, basically. Because, I, I mean, I guess essentially, like, your diet can't con- subsist on that alone, but also they had to conserve their energy. So, and, and if you really get into the nerdy, nerdy, nerdy side of, of Star Trek, they talk about how like the all of the different enterprises had like actual galleys where there where there was cooking being done. So like after, you know, like fighting the Romulans, I'm sure Captain Kirk was like, hey, let's stop off at this star base and let's get some oranges or something like that. Like they 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 are still eating regular food. There is regular food. But I guess with the replicators, it does just make it a little easier to to kind of cease the burden of, of producing nothing but. Um, Do you know what I think about? This is all I can think about with this replicator is um, the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh, God, I love that movie. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) The book was phenomenal. But um, seriously, like that's all I think about. What Have you ever hit 500 instead of 50 on the printer? Yeah. And you know what happens. Yeah. That's what I – that's – all I can picture. <laughs> yeah. If you guys have never seen Cloudy with a Chance on Meatballs, first off, Steve, if you haven't shown Jack that, I think he would really, really enjoy that movie. That is one of Jack's like favorites when he was little. And we still watch it from time to time. Like the guy invents a machine that turns water vapor into food. And it, it starts raining cheeseburgers in his hometown. And then like he finds a way to connect to the machine and like they can order up whatever they want. So like it's just it's it's really, really cute and fun, but it's also got a really, really good message at the end too. So hmm. it's about morbid obesity. It is about morbid obesity, yes. <laughs> so Well, if you could make uh, meatballs out of water vapor, I can imagine. I mean, because frankly, when you said that we were doing the diner, because this is the first time I've done this uh, incarnation of the podcast. The first thing I thought about was um, meatloaf. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> I'll take a side, Rosie. <laughs> Get some some of them good old uh, mashed potatoes up on there too. <laughs> Yuli, if you could have one science fiction tech piece of technology uh, today, uh, what would it be and why? 
Okay. Um, this is part of the reason I was saying that uh, it, it, it's not a good thing that I don't think. Um, AI, artificial intelligence. And, uh, you know, it, it simultaneously, it is something that could be extremely beneficial and yet also could go horrendously, horribly wrong. You know, totally off the rails. And uh, all the stories, I mean, you look at um, 2001 A Space Odyssey with the HAL 9000 computer, uh, Colossus, the Forbin Project, you know, with Colossus. There is, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen an example of some uh, powerful artificial intelligence that does not ultimately decide. I mean, shoot, uh, what do you, Vicky in... Um, uh, iRobot, you know, with uh, Will Smith. I I inevitably, the artificial intelligence looks at humans and says, you know what? These creatures are flawed. They do not need to be governing themselves. I can do a much better job of this. And, um, you know, the, the computer or robot or technology steps in, and all of a sudden, we have lost our independence. But Hey, there again, that might not be a terrible thing, you know. I mean, because uh, we seem to mess this stuff up. So, um, and computers think faster, react faster. Um, you know, heck, we use uh, that's part of what's going on now. I mean, we use computers to design uh, all sorts of different stuff that we use. And, and in fact, I was because uh, I was out today, I stopped by um, uh, a hobby store. And I was quite shocked to find that uh, 3D printers are readily available now. You can buy a 3D printer for your house, you know, and I'm like, damn, you know. So the technology is, uh, is just advancing to a terrifying degree. But none more terrifying than a computer that is smarter than you, thinks faster than you, reacts faster than you, um, you know, and can essentially outthink you. You know, I mean, because that, <laughs> that's what we designed the damn things to do. Yeah. So artificial intelligence. I, I, it's both a blessing and a curse. And like we we joke about it all the time at work as well. And anybody who has done any considerable work on a computer it, it can appreciate this. We, we joke about how we, we curse our technology because we're like, oh, why isn't this working fast enough? Or why is it not working right this second? But just imagine for a second if you had to do it by hand and you didn't have the aid of the computer at all and how much more difficult it would be and it's yeah it, it's both a blessing and a curse at the same time we've become dependent on it but like eventually it, it's going to kill us all apparently <laughs> maybe, maybe i'm in the minority but i've never been as afraid of like the terminator version of ai while it makes a great action movie, I've never been worried about that. I've always been more worried about the Wally kind of AI, where it's like everything works so well, and the AI takes care of literally everything for us that we just kind of lose our humanity in the sense we just become fat, lazy blobs. <laughs> yeah. And like we don't do That's anything. That's yeah. what I picture too with everything. I, I picture Wally. That's my futuristic world too. <laughs> yeah, that's like horrifying too. to me. It's it's almost it's almost prophetic in a way too because I mean like look at all of the things that we're finding out about the environment. I mean they're talking about like it was eighty five degrees in the in the uh, 
in the Antarctic. Oh, in the Arctic, yeah. yeah like I it's saw that. the temperatures are ridiculously high. Giant chunks of ice are falling off the ice shelves in Antarctica. Like it's not a far fetched idea to think that we could be in a situation like that sooner rather than later. And yeah, I mean I'm I'm with you. I, I that's kinda how I see it. That or like um not so much the the matrix where it's like we piss off the machines so much that they turn us into batteries but like <laughs> i could see us just like very like post apocalyptic we've just ruined the world and it's beyond repair kind of thing and that's why on the flip side um another technology that i would love to see and i'm not going to elaborate on it cuz i'll let tk do hers but uh the genesis device from star trek 3 or Star Trek Two, that was able to terraform a planet in a matter of like moments. I'm all for that because, like, just imagine if we could like terraform Mars and uh, hey, you know, there goes our overpopulation problem. Just send a bunch of people over there and like, but then at the same time too, you could somebody gets their hands on that thing. It's like a nuclear device. It's a weapon and it wipes everything out and recodes it to the matrix of the Genesis project. So it kills everything in favor of its new design. So in the wrong hands, that thing could be horrifying. In the right hands, it could solve a lot of problems. Well, plus then you get into the minutia of like, all right, well, what group of people are you rounding up and shipping off to Mars? You know what I mean? Like, are they the ones choosing to go or does it become this whole dynamic of, uh, I think the expanse kind of gets into this a little bit where there's like yeah. class systems between who lives where in the galaxy yeah. as opposed to like the kind of class and, and, and cultural stuff we've had through our history. It's like Earthers versus Martians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. But I mean, like, that's a negative I could see to that. They do it with a, a video game. It's called Red Faction Guerrilla. And what it is is everybody who's on Mars is essentially like these blue collar m- miners like digging through the ore of, of Mars to try to find various whatever. And it's all going back to Earth. So the people on Mars start to become resentful because they're like, we, we're on our own planet. We're busting our asses for you guys and you're in charge. Like it was a very it was very like Revolutionary War-esque like England and the United States. It was very, like it, it definitely rang true of that. But um, yeah, TK, what, if you had the one item that you could bring out of science fiction technology and bring it to the real world, what would it be? Oh, just one. It, I would have to choose like tele, like a teleportion or a tele a teleporter thing. Mm. But it wouldn't be something that I get inside of. It has to be something that, like, I have with me at all times. Kind of like a like the matrix almost where i'm like okay i'm done i don't want to be here anymore pick up my phone and bloop i'm on my couch you know what i mean or say oh hey i want to go skiing today bloop, pick up my phone and i'm you know there something but there's so many things that could go wrong with that like i would be floating around up in the matrix somewhere <laughs> and little particles everywhere and i don't want that to happen i don't know that though that's what i would want well that's what dr mccoy bones was afraid of is he didn't like getting in the transporter because he didn't like his <laughs> molecules being scattered all over the universe is what yeah barkley didn't like it either yeah. i mean you know and a device yeah. that uh, i mean it literally disintegrates you 
and recreate you. You know, there was a very interesting episode of Star Trek um, Enterprise that I saw a couple of weeks ago, and because uh, apparently the transporter was uh, invented by a guy named Emery Erickson. And, uh, you know, so he was on Enterprise and, you know, somebody who Jonathan Archer knew and, you know, Archer grew up with his kids and stuff. And uh, one of the things that Erickson mentions was uh, the metaphysical considerations, because, you know, he said, yeah, you know, I mean, religious people were saying, well, you know, when you get transported, is it still you? I mean, this thing has just deconstructed you and reintegrated you elsewhere is it really still you or is it created is the old you dead and it's created something new and i was like that is deep man you know it's like <laughs> oh, wow <laughs> i mean you know are you are we are we are we getting recreated every time we transport wow you know? has anyone ever read any of the studies do you remember dolly the sheep when yes the one that was cloned the, yeah yes i wonder if they've like what the follow-up studies have been if I'm like pretty the sure that thing's way dead yeah it didn't it didn't uh, well, live as long yeah, as i thought probably. it was going to but they had to do like oh i said like that's like 10 times now i need a buzzer but um there has to be a personality study or something to show how what its behavior was and they've cloned dogs and things like that uh, that's what i'm going to do with my weekend I'm going to study cloning. Well, yeah, see, for a second, when you said, that's what I'm going to do with my weekend, I was thinking, you're going to clone a dog? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh. If I was rich, that would be the first thing I did, though, is clone my dogs, all of them. I would have 800 dogs that are the same dogs, only more of them. Oh, I'll, I'll hook we you up with a replicator. The, yeah, How? the replicator. But how do you think – I mean, I could see if you kept cloning the same dog – you know, the dog dies and you reclone it. But how do you think 800 of the same dog would get along? I mean, you couldn't keep them all together. Well, maybe not 800, maybe 10. 10, even, 10 even, would probably be the limit. <laughs> even, even 10, they're all together. I mean, you had them in 10 different sweat. places. I mean, ooh. Five even of two. each one, and they would all have a spot in the bed. They're right here beside me right now. We would what, all be happy. What makes you think they would get along? They would probably be trying to kill each other. Oh, no. No, they would be happy. <laughs> we would all be perfectly content right there. I know this for a fact. <laughs> we would all be best friends. There's nothing that you can say that can contradict this. Yes. You know, don't don't ruin my little bubble that I have. <laughs> I'm rolling with it. <laughs> but, okay, so with my teleporter thing. So if it separates molecules and rebuilds it just it just say one little smidge of dna and it rebuilds it based off of that the only thing that could really get messed up is the personality traits you know what i mean well you got your the, the fly situation where you have uh, you know a, 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 a hiccup <laughs> you got a hiccup and and there's the combined dna you know or you it miscalculates and you teleport into the matter space of another person or in the middle of a wall. I mean, those are the negatives of, I mean, we have apps that crash all the time. Just, oh, and, that, and all that does is a game. A wall. Yeah. Just yeah, imagine that too. Yeah, like you awful. have like the people who do the really, really good in depth 
well-researched transporter technology. And then you've also got, like, the cheap knockoff shit. Like... <laughs> the the ninety-nine Chinese knockoff version of it yeah, exactly. that you're like, well, I want to teleport, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. So, like, like, let's be honest here. I think your biggest fear is getting stuck in a wall because that's what you told me when I said something else one time. You said, "Oh no, you you might get stuck there." And oh, when you wanted was it when you wanted healing powers? Was that it? Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, we talked about that. (laughs) (laughs) We've just found Steve's deep, deep, deep seated like phobia is getting stuck somewhere. Like, I'm very large, and it's easy for me to get stuck in places. I think it's pretty, it's not a phobia because it's rational. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you played too many video games. That's what it is. I mean, it is a little panic inducing. I mean, let's not, let's not lie here. Like, well, <laughs> I don't even know that I'd want to get transported, period. I mean, I'm kind of that whole business of, is it still you or is the thing creating like a new creature or whatever? I mean, and then on top of that, there was some, do, do any of you read um, uh, Invincible? It's an uh, image comic. No, I haven't seen no. that one yet. Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's um, it's written by the same guy who uh, writes Walking Dead. And uh, very interesting. I mean, it's yet another variation on the, um, basically on the Superman story. And this particular one is uh, basically if the Kryptonians had sent Superman to Earth as the advanced scout for an invasion force basically. And, um, you know, he's observing and at the right time, he's going to turn on everybody, you know, anyway, though. So, um, but has a son by a human woman. And uh, that that's who Invincible is. He is the son of the most powerful superhero on earth. And he developed powers himself. Anyway, though, so um, at one point during this, because um, it's a it's a saga. And at one point during the saga, there's this guy, um, He's a uh, he's a scientist, and um, he has built uh, these robots that uh, he uses, uh, you know, to sort of um, well to fight crime and uh, you know to investigate uh, the planet and all this. And it turns out that he is horribly deformed. He's been projecting his intelligence into these robot bodies, but he ultimately clones himself. Okay. And this is a, um, but this, this, this clone is in a healthy, normal body. And um, then when the clone is viable and grown, um, he pulls the plug on himself, you know, and he and the clone are talking at one point and the clone is like, well, this is unexpected. And, you know, the the real guy is like, well, yeah, but it's what I always knew had to happen because, you know, there was like no way for me to transfer my mind into your body or any kind of thing like that. But you're me in every I mean, in every way. And so even though I'm going to die, you're still going to go on. And so I'm still going to go on, you know, even though I'm dying here, you know, and I was like, oh, damn, this is wild, you know, I mean, just when you found out that the guy was all, like, deformed and stuff, I was like, oh, this is too much here. <laughs> that Robert Kirkman has got quite the imagination. Yeah. Um, Steve Connolly told an amazing story about Kirkman. Um, we'll tell this, and then we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap up real quick. He told me that, because um, we were talking about how uh, the Orville, uh, Seth MacFarlane's Star Trek ripoff right. show that he's got mm-hmm. on Fox, started off 
season one, there were like three or four episodes in and they were really funny and they had a lot of goofy, like family guy esque humor. But as the season went on, it stopped doing that and it just became a really good Star Trek esque sci-fi show. And season two has very little comedy in it. It's almost all exclusively just really good Star Trek esque drama. And it's really, really good. And we, we were joking that he probably slow rolled Fox and was like, I don't know. It's just going to be like, you know, Star Trek meets family guy. It'll be funny. It'll be dick and fart jokes. (laughs) And Fox was like, stamp, let's do it. But Robert Kirkman told image comics about the walking dead years ago before he started, he was pitching it to him and they were like, ah, we don't want to do a zombie thing. That sounds kind of cliche and lame. He's like, no, 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 no. It's going to start off with zombies. And then there's going to be aliens. And aliens never fucking show up in The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yet. Yeah, yet. yet. Yeah, I mean, exactly. let's, oh, let's be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was That's going to be the remake in 10 years. Right, They're going to yeah. come out with a whole new series. Yeah, I just thought that was, I thought that was really, really funny that he basically tricked them into, like, they were like, all right, well, if there's going to be aliens. And he's like, yeah, no, no, it's just totally going to be aliens. <laughs> <laughs> and then the thing started selling so well they didn't care you know it's like hey all right yeah, bob you really know what you're doing here yeah you're honest you're onto something bob um <laughs> guys this this is always fun I, I love playing the speculative game of what kind of things do we could could we see with technology what kind of things could we see with science uh progressing and just thinking about it like i, I love thinking about what the future holds and what humanity will, will think of us and in the, in the inventions and the decisions that we make. Um, but I want to go ahead and wrap up this episode here again, guys, thank you so much for joining uh, me on this podcast. This is always one of the bright spots of my week is getting to sit down and talk with my friends about nerdy, geeky things. And it's awesome. And I can't thank you guys enough uh, for always being part of, of what we do here at GGR pirate radio. So, so big thanks uh, TK, uh, thank you for joining us. And I, I cannot wait until we're actually able to put together your show that you want to work on. Because uh, TK is quite Oh, gosh. Quite I'm the... outside. Can you guys hear it thundering? Yes. That, that was thunder? Yeah. I thought you were, like, opening your door. That's... Jesus. <laughs> no, it's thunder. Wow. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, the sound of thunder <laughs> precluding a storm would be... TK Walker's upcoming podcast that we're currently working on it's in development. <laughs> oh, that was that was tight right there, Mike. Yeah, I like that. You've been making these transitions here, dude. You, you are welcome. Um, she is quite the murder mystery true crime fan, and we're currently working on a GGR incarnation of a true crime podcast. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I am fucking excited. Like, I can't wait to do this because this, <laughs> this is something different. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so I'm super looking forward to that. Plus, uh, we were talking about a book idea that she had that'll, that'll be a lot of fun, too, that we're going to work together on. Um, but I, just, I can't wait to there, there's we were talking about the future. I can't wait to see what you've got for us in the future. Like, I, I'm so excited about that. Um there, there's just so much going on right now that we that we're doing that we're working on uh, trying to do. In fact, it's the month of June practically. Um, I promised myself that I was going to halt all other projects other than the podcast because that's just something we do every week. Um, I'm going to halt all, the, all all of my writing projects and myself and my cousin Donnie, as Steve refers to him as Denver Donnie. Uh, Donnie is an accomplished writer himself. He's also a really really good artist. But Donnie and I are going to be working on. A, an updated version of A Christmas Carol. 
and you've heard me talk about this before because I've talked to Yuli about it. I've talked to Steve about it. But we're basically going to, like, modernize it because luckily the script is public domain, so you literally can do whatever the hell you want with it. We're going to make a modernized version of it, and our Ebenezer Scrooge is actually none other than Ulysses E. Campbell. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh. I almost sent you this thing today, and I thought, no, I'll save it for Christmas. It's a nativity scene with um, the... DeLorean crashed into it. So, yeah. I'm going to send it to you as well, soon there you as we're go. done here. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, guys, that that's the next project that's that we're going to be working on. And we'll give you little updates and tidbits, like, throughout, because I think it'll be kind of cool to kind of pull the curtain back and let you know, like, how the project's going. But Donnie and I are going to be working on the script for that here real, real soon. I figure between the two of us, having full-time jobs, me also having the podcast and doing the various other things, you know, and having families, that six months is enough to update a script, right? Like, that's that's reasonable? Like, that's enough time? I feel like this I should be I guess we'll time. see. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> I guess we will see indeed. Uh, but, but Steve, kudos to you, man. Like, I like that you'll go a while without doing a Geek Sheets and you jump right back into it and it's seamless. It's like you never stopped doing them. And this, this last Geek Sheet you did was super fun. I really enjoyed... Uh, what you had to say. Your time travel jokes were on point. I like that there were two different versions of me. Uh, there was an evil overlord, Mike Lunsford, that um, was controlling a... Um, what was it? You said a Death Star con- infested with Borg drones. That that was pretty dope. <laughs> um, but then there was also the good King Mike that was good Happy Times King Mike, I think is what you called it. I mean, it, there's there were so many different timelines, Mike. It's hard to keep them all pinned down. Yeah, but that just, sounds right. I just picture good Happy Times King Mike just being like drunk all the time and just like big belly, jolly, like rosy cheeks, like hugging everyone. Tremendous beard, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, like just giant beard, like 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 Fat Thor, basically. Yeah, it's basically going to say like Odin. That's kind of what I was picturing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, exactly. But Steve, man, great job again on the geek sheets. Um, I, I think we'll we'll keep doing this once a month geek sheets uh, thing, man. This seems to work out pretty good, unless we got breaking geeky news, which I can't think of any breaking geeky news there would be. Oh, I guess the only one I we mean, gotta talk Batman. about is, yeah, yeah. We'll talk. You know what? We'll save that oh, for yeah, next week. Yeah, Robert. Yeah, Robert Pattinson was officially cast. Yeah, apparently we'll, today. We'll talk about Sparkly Batman uh, next. Hot take. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, so am I, dude. I, I think. I, I'm totally into it because like he's not a bad actor. No, Robert Pattinson. You know what he plays really, really well? Brody, uh, brooding loners, and guess what Bruce <laughs> Wayne is? So I'm all talk, talk to 1990s Steve if he thought Leo DiCaprio was cool after Titanic happened. No, he's lame. He's for chicks. Talk to Steve after Inception comes out, dude. <laughs> DiCaprio is the man. He was in Departed. He was in Inception. Yeah. this guy is the bomb. So, I mean, like, just because you were in some chick flick when you were younger does not mean you're not going to be a good actor for something that you cast correctly. Exactly. Like, Thomas Jane was in a movie with um, Christina Applegate. I cannot remember what it was, what it was called. Um, Selma Blair was in it as well. And he was just, like, a goofy rom-com dude. And I was like, who's this knucklehead? And then they announced him as the, as the Punisher. And I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. And then the movie was actually pretty decent. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, hmm. I'm, I'm with you. I think that just because, yeah, they're actors. They're, they are paid to play other roles. I think Pattinson's going to be great. Um, but we'll talk about this in great detail next week. Uh, Ulysses E. Campbell, plug your stuff, man. Tell them where they can find your stuff. Tell them about all the great things that you're doing. Oh, well, thank you very much. Uh, I do a morning show on WERA Radio, 96.7 FM. It's called Arlington in the Morning. From 7 to 9, you can either tune in to WERA-FM or you can stream 
the content of the show via the website at WERA.FM. I also do a uh, radio and television show called Fantastic Forum. And the radio version airs each and every Saturday at 4 p.m. from 4 to 5 on WERA 96.7 FM. In fact, tomorrow we're talking about Godzilla and, uh, you know, ditto in terms of, uh, you know, the uh, streaming as well as the terrestrial broadcast. And there's a website for Fantastic Forum. It's fantasticforum.tv. And you can watch the television episodes uh, via the website. We've also got a lot of the content broken out in terms of interviews and toy and game profiles and special event coverage and uh, discussion, which is the meat and potatoes of the various episodes. And, um, you know, so check it out. Uh, Let us know what you think and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. (laughs) Um, If you wanted to know about this new Godzilla movie, which is coming out now. It's out in theaters as we speak. If you want to know if it's any good, Mr. Ulysses E. Campbell does a review of this Godzilla movie that he got to see early because he's a lucky son of a bitch. Um, check it out. It's on, It's going to be on this episode of Fantastic Forum coming up on Saturday, but you can also check it out on GGR. If you go to podcast, it's right there under Fantastic Forum. You can listen to it there. It's on SoundCloud. Just it, It's it's everywhere. Go on Facebook. It's right there under Fantastic Forum. You'll find it. It's there. Check it out. It, it I, I, I'm actually, I've never been a huge Godzilla fan, but the last one they did was good, and this one sounds like it's pretty decent too. So sounds like it should be good stuff, but definitely check out Fantastic Forum tomorrow at 4 p.m., on WERA-FM, uh, which you can find WERA.FM, uh, and you can listen to it live there. But guys, uh, thank you for tuning in this evening. Uh, I, I'm, I continue to be humbled by the response that we're getting. Uh, we just keep growing and growing and growing, and it's awesome. So this is all because of you. Oh, the, those of you who are listening right now, thank you for sharing the word. Thank you for telling your friends. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, even if it's just you finding every single device that you possibly can, at a, at a Best Buy or, a, uh, or an Apple store and subscribing to an iTunes account right there. I don't care. It's awesome. Thank you for the hard work. We appreciate it. Um, but for all of us here, for TK, for Steve, for Ulysses E. Campbell, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this has been another episode of GGR Pirate Radio at the Diner. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website greatgeekrefuge.com for more podcasts and our awesome articles. It's Four Leaf Clover. Make a wish. Wish you weren't so fucking awkward, bud. This has been Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!